when I first met you, you were definitely very, very extroverted. And I still would consider you to be extroverted. I'm an introverted extrovert. Yeah, whatever you are, you are definitely (laughs) an extrovert who gets shy in crowds. (laughs) But you were an extrovert through and through. This is the Entreprenista Podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done. And what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram. With no filters. No limits. And plenty of surprises. Courtney, we literally blinked again. And we're sitting here a year later. It is our end of year note, and we made it through all of 2022. So many new beginnings, so many new lessons, and here we are. Doesn't it feel like yesterday we had this exact conversation for our end of year note? You know what? For me, it's always surreal when it's the end of the year because it feels like things went by fast. But for me, this year felt really, really long. And so many things happened this year, and that's probably why it felt so long. But things that we did last month even feel like years ago. And that's because I don't know how exactly we do it, and I'll try to articulate it in (laughs) this session here. But we do so much in each and every day that each month feels like a year to me. So for me, 2022 felt really, really long. You know, I do have to agree with you that it did, because we did so much, I do feel exhausted from the whole year, but I also feel like we were literally just sitting here recording our end of year podcast for everyone. And that does seem like yesterday, like time just flies. Yes, that is what they say. As you get older, time just flies. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, honestly, this whole year has been just so much, so much. We, what did we do? Let's fill everyone in on all of the things that we created and accomplished this year. And then most importantly, all of our learning lessons, because one of the reasons why we initially created this podcast when we did back in 2018, and then why we created our Entrepreneurs League community was to be able to share all of these learnings and learn from each other and have the ability to do things faster because we're able to connect and network with so many people. So we did a lot this year. Let's do a a rundown of everything that we did do. And then Courtney, I'm going to turn the tables on you today for our end of year note. I'm going to interview you and ask you a lot of questions so you can share all the details of your learning lessons from everything that we did so everyone can get the most value. How does that sound? Sounds perfect. (laughs) All right. So what did we do this year on the social fly side? You tell everyone, Um, Court. On the social fly side, I would say the biggest highlight was we purchased a company, which was a new experience for us. Never done that before. We have fortunately have had many conversations over the years about, you know, people interested in acquiring us and we were never ready for to take that step but through those conversations we always learned a lot from them and learned how people acquire businesses and think about valuing businesses so when we 
decided that it made sense to purchase Townhouse Digital, we were prepared with with what to ask. And there were a lot of learnings around that. And I would say that was the biggest, biggest thing that happened at Socialfly this year. We also won a lot of really great clients, some huge, huge brand names. And those were huge, huge wins for, for Socialfly, uh, especially since we had never raised any money for Socialfly. We grew Socialfly very organically over the past 10 years. And, and this year has had a lot, a lot of highs. And, you know, of course, there were some lows that I'm sure we'll, we'll get into. But on the social fly side, I think things went pretty well this year. And then on the entrepreneurista side, if you want to summarize some of the big things that happened. Absolutely. So this was our first full year having the Entrepreneurista League because we had launched the Entrepreneurista League the middle of 2021. So this has been the first full year of the membership. And we have over a thousand members now, which has been so exciting just to see how quickly this community has grown. And it's really grown through, you know, word of mouth and our members sharing with other members. And that was definitely a, a big learning for us was how do we empower our members to want to share and share their experience with others. So that's been very exciting on the for the Entrepreneurial League. We also launched two new podcasts this year. So we launched our Startups and Stilettos podcast in March. And then we launched our Web3 with MCG podcast about See, I've lost track of time now. Was that a month ago or two months ago? Time flies in October. Two months ago. Oh my goodness. So that has been really exciting and have definitely learned a lot about launching additional podcasts and building out a network. So we can definitely talk more about that. And then we launched our Entrepreneurista 100 Award. So that's been very exciting. And really everything that we have done, we had never done any of these things before. We figured it out as we went along and learned from others and asked people questions and brought in the right experts to be able to help us. We would come up with the ideas of what we wanted to do like this month, last year in these planning sessions for end of year and then just put these ideas in into action. So those have been some of the the big exciting updates on the entrepreneurista side. And then if that wasn't enough, we launched another company. <laughs> Yes, yes. So we launched Pearl Influential Capital with our advisor, Alyssa Arnold. And and that has been really, really exciting because now we get to invest in women-owned businesses and help women get funded, which is really, really rewarding. And I know for me, I started angel investing, I think right before the pandemic and then did a little bit more during the pandemic. So got to learn the whole process and how SPVs work. And and maybe Stephanie, if you want to share a little bit more about SPVs and angel investing with people listening. Yeah, absolutely. So SPVs, that stands for a special purpose vehicle. And it's a way to be able to raise capital for a business essentially under one line item on your cap table, but you can pull a bunch of different people together with lower minimums. Because typically when someone invests in a business, there could be minimums anywhere from $25,000. There could be a minimum of a million dollars to invest in a business. It really just depends on, on the business and the round and the requirements. And those numbers can tend to be, you know, 
inaccessible or unattainable for the average person to be able to get involved and invest in private businesses. So with these SPVs for accredited investors, you're able to invest in businesses that you choose because you can choose, you know, with each deal if you want to be part of it at a lower minimum. So it's been really exciting getting to help founders raise capital and also giving people access to be able to invest in a lot of these brands that they're consumers of. So that has been really exciting this year. So we've done a couple of other things, but let's dive into our learning lessons because I want all of you to really learn from what we have done over the past year, some of the mistakes that we've made, some of the learning lessons, and some of the things that we did really well. So if you're looking to do these things in your business, that you can take these learnings and grab them and go forward. So Court, let's talk about the Townhouse Digital Acquisition and the process. So for founders that are considering either acquiring a business or considering selling a business. Can you share some of the learning lessons from this process? Yes. If you are thinking about selling your business, here are the things that uh, buyers are going to look for. So it's really important that if you know that eventually you want to sell your business, you have all of these documents prepared and you're also thinking about What do you want to sell your business for and who are potential buyers? So that way you're building a business that an ideal acquirer would want. So a buyer is going to ask for your P&L. Typically, they'll ask for the current year, the last three years, and what you expect next year to be. So you want to make sure that at least for an agency business, you are building your business profitably. Not all businesses have that same model. A lot of businesses are, you know, raising money and profitability really isn't what they're optimizing for. Although I think in this, these times with the looming recession, all businesses are really thinking about the path to profitability. But with an agency business, typically you can be profitable from day one. It is a business that cash flows very well. You charge retainers, clients pay you within 30 days, and you can hire staff accordingly. So uh, you ask for the last three P&Ls. And with an agency business, you're usually valued based on your EBITDA, your profitability. And based on the type of agency, you might have a different multiple applied to your EBITDA. Typically, it's four to six. If your EBITDA is over a million, you may get a higher multiple. If it's over two million, you'll get an even higher multiple. So you really want to maximize your profitability And what buyers are also expecting you to do, because many times with an agency, the owner is coming along with the sale and owners typically will take distribution. So you want to figure out what your salary, a reasonable salary is, and put that into the P&L. And what the profit is after your salary is what they're going to look at. And then they'll also ask for your balance sheet. Do you have any debt on the business? But those are the key things that any buyer of an agency is going to look at. So if you're an agency owner and thinking of selling your business, those are the things that you'll need to prepare. And really what's crucial and what is the main thing that these 
businesses are looking at outside of profitability is how long your clients have been your clients. So you want to make sure you're choosing your clients wisely as you're building your business and choosing clients that are going to grow with you if you ultimately want to sell your business. How the townhouse deal came about, and I can't say we were actively looking to purchase a business, although there are a lot of businesses that do have purchasing businesses and acquiring companies as part of their business model. And there are a lot of businesses out there that look to do, you know, a handful of these transactions a year as part of their growth strategy. But for us, it all came to be very organically. We, Stephanie and I, actually participated in SPV last year. Stephanie and I invested in Public, which is an app. And when we invested in that company, the person that put the SPV together, Annie, she brought everyone on a networking Zoom call. And on that networking Zoom call, I think, Steph, you had met Gabby, who's the owner of Townhouse. And you connected me and her. And we started talking about running an agency, the highs and the lows, and she shared with us that she was looking to sell. And I shared that we would be interested in reviewing and looking at her business and and seeing if it made sense for us. Because after the conversation, I realized our businesses were very, very aligned, both women-owned companies, primarily women work at the companies. And her clients really made sense for us. Those are the types of clients that we wanted. So the process went back and forth for a bit. And then we finally aligned on a de- on deal terms, I think sometime in the summer. And then we put together a purchase agreement and we went back and forth a little bit on that. And then everything closed uh, September 1st. So uh, it went relatively fast. This is our first time doing it, but I've heard that these things can you know, take up to a year or longer. And we did everything in under a year. And it probably could have gone faster because it's a pretty straightforward transaction had we done this before, but it was our first time. Now that we've been through this process, do you feel like the next time it would go much faster just based on your learnings? Yes, because I know exactly what we look for, what fits the model. I've learned now it's you know almost three months into integrating a company into the business. So I've learned what that process looks like. And yeah, I know how I would structure a deal and how I would value a company if I were to look at another one. So we'll see if 2023 brings more acquisitions. <laughs> What resources should someone be thinking about having in place if they're thinking about either buying a company or selling their company from like, it could be attorneys or like other resources that we needed. It could, you know, costs involved. What what does that look like? If you are buying or selling a company, you need to think about, you need to have a lawyer who can help you with the process. And I would say for a small business to sell, sometimes it can be prohibitive for a company to buy you because there are hard cost legal fees. So if the legal fees outweigh the purchase price or a big portion of the actual purchase price, a lot of companies won't even consider buying you because the effort to buy you just doesn't outweigh the the benefit. So that's something to consider. But both both parties need a lawyer. It's very helpful to have, you know, a CFO or someone who's very financially savvy on both sides who can put together the right documents. If you are a seller and someone who can analyze those financials if you are a buyer. And then you 
need to, in the due diligence process, be interviewing the team, learning more about the client contracts and how long they go for, learning a little bit more about the profitability per contract, looking at the contracts to see if they're transferable to a buyer. There's a lot of little logistics like that, but really the resources you need are an attorney and a finance person. And then someone who can think about whether or not these two businesses are culture fits. Because uh, while so far it has worked out for us, I have heard from other people that have sold their businesses that when you sell to a company that's not a culture fit, everything can fall apart after the sale. No, that's a really good point. I'm glad that you that you shared that. And also before, Courtney, when you were mentioning, sometimes it's for a smaller business, it can be cost prohibitive to be able to get all of these resources that are needed for a larger sale. But there are now companies like Micro Acquire and other companies that are out there that can help you sell a smaller business without having, from my understanding, with at least with Micro Acquire, all of those higher fees. So definitely encourage people with smaller businesses, if you are thinking about selling, to check out Micro Acquire because there could be opportunities there. And I actually know one of our Entrepreneurial League members is using that platform right now to sell her business. So we can definitely see how that goes and update everyone if she's successful on that platform as well. Any other last learning lessons about the acquisition court before we move on to a few other learnings? I can't think of anything right now, but what I will say, and this is a resource too that is very helpful for for any growing business, is if you can't afford a full-time CFO, there's a lot of fractional CFO companies that will also do your bookkeeping out there that are very affordable, obviously a lot less than a CFO that could cost a few hundred thousand dollars. A lot of these companies are a few thousand dollars a month. And we actually hired one of these companies last year. And one of the very beneficial things about this company is that they analyze our business every single month. And we have been making really great business decisions based on the data and really seeing the health of our business. You know, what's the profitability of this business unit versus this business unit? And is this team utilized? We're we're doing that analysis every single month so that we can make smarter decisions. And I think that that has been really, really helpful to make decision-making a little easier. Isn't it so interesting to think about like back when we first started Socialfly 10 plus years ago, like we didn't know any of this or have access to any of these resources. How are we running the business before we knew all of this? Not to toot my own horn, (laughs) but I will right now as I did have finance background before running Socialfly. So even though in the early days, it definitely wasn't as organized as it is now uh, because I was the one doing the bookkeeping and we weren't using QuickBooks initially, which I recommend every entrepreneur use when they're setting up. I think QuickBooks is really the premier tool for bookkeeping for most businesses, I would say. But I have always looked at the numbers and projected what's coming in and what things cost and That is definitely a very helpful skill set to have when you're deciding what to invest in. Because we all know in order to make money, you need to spend money. But we've seen time and time again, if you spend too much on the wrong things, you can go out of business really, really quickly. So you have to have a lot of discipline around what you're spending money on. Courtney, you have been talking about this book that you've been reading called Traction. 
for a while now. And I know you're implementing a lot of uh, Courtney. You guys can't see, but Courtney is holding up this book right now. She keeps talking about it. I need to read it. Actually, maybe I need to get the audio book so I can listen to it while I'm here because I like to listen to things. But you've been implementing a lot of things that you have learned in this book over the past year. Can you share some of the key lessons that you've learned in this book and how you've been implementing them? Well, I only recently read it. I read it actually on our my plane rides to New York. So I've been going to New York a lot this year. And I read it, I only read this book two months ago, but it's been a really, really, it's been a good book to read, to think about, you know, how do you organize planning in your business and motivating people to achieve a goal and really figuring out also what goals to set for your business and where to prioritize. And it puts a whole framework around it. A lot of the things that are in the book we've done, so it talks about setting mission, values, goals. I think what this book has really done for me and what I'm excited to implement, and I have not, I'm starting to implement things, but I'm actually also talking to facilitators who can help implement this uh, framework in your business. But what I like about it is it really holds people accountable to achieving a goal and setting goals that people buy into so that at the end of the year, you don't fall off track and you are monitoring these metrics weekly. In the book, it says to do it weekly. We do it monthly right now at Socialfly, but, and maybe we'll, we'll follow that weekly track, but that's what I love about it. It it really holds people accountable to helping you achieve your goals year over year and also helping you figure out who are the right people for the right seats and what's the right structure for your business. So highly recommend reading Traction. And something else that we didn't even mention in the the beginning here that we launched this year for Entrepreneurista was our Entrepreneurista League or our Entrepreneurista League power groups. And something that we heard from many of our members in our community over the past years, they were looking for, you know, smaller, more intimate groups where women in our community could come together to network and connect and learn from each other in these smaller groups based on different industries and where people are based on their revenues. So one of the groups that we did launch was your group, Courtney, the agency owner group. And you've now had several meetings with members that are in your group. Can you share really the impact and learnings that you've seen by these women being able to come together and how that's been able to help them grow their business? Yes. So every month we meet together for 90 minutes and we go over our business challenges. We brainstorm different business development tactics. We share from you know our own experiences, what has worked for us. And then, you know, the people in the agency group do different things. So I'm also getting to learn, you know, how they set up their businesses and what things they do to be more efficient. And it's been really helpful for me to see such a variety of, of agencies and, and how they run and also be able to give back and share everything that I've learned to grow the agency to, you know, a multi-million dollar a year business. Thank you for sharing that, Court. Any final learning lessons from the year that you want to share? And then I'll, I'll share a few of mine. There have been so many. I think this year, and we didn't talk about it earlier, but we started doing in real life events. So we are 
we're doing more of those and the plan is to do more next year. And so far this year, we've we've done two, about to be three on Friday. We're doing an Art Basel event and I'm super excited about that. But yeah, event planning is definitely a lot of work. A lot of time goes into it. But I will say you it's very hard to replicate that energy that you get when you're meeting people in person over Zoom. I think that there's a lot of efficiencies that come from having virtual events and we'll all, of course, continue to have them. Uh, but there's nothing like an in-person event and bringing a ton of ambitious women together. The energy and excitement that you feel that for me has lasted days after these events. And it's a really, really good feeling. I think at first when we talked about last year or this past year starting to do in-person events, I was like, no, people aren't ready to get back and meet. But we definitely saw that that they were. And I remember after our event in Miami, how amazing it just felt to be able to see people and hug people and have real real conversations. I do think, you know, from conversations I've had with a lot of women who haven't been out and about and networking and being at events over over the past one to two years, it can be a little intimidating or nerve-wracking to feel like if you're going to go to an event and you don't know anyone there, how do you make yourself feel comfortable or how do you get the most out of these events? Courtney, do you have any advice you can share on like when you go to an event, you were at an event last night. How do you, you know, make the most of the event and make connections there? Yes. So yesterday's event, I went to solo and I do that from time to time. It's very scary to do to go to an event alone. But I think one of the benefits to that is that it forces you to talk to people. Whereas when Stephanie and I go to events together and when we have done that, you know, in the pre-pandemic days, I think a lot of times you'll find us like alone talking to each other <laughs> because we have each other and and going out and talking to new people is a little harder. But when you're alone, you're forced to do that. Otherwise, you're just going to spend the whole event alone. So yesterday, <laughs> thankfully, which was nice, I did run into some people that I knew and I was able to catch up with, but I also got to meet a lot of new people. And an opening line that I like is if you see someone who's also alone, <laughs> go up to them and say, what brings you to this event? And start the conversation that way. Because a lot of other people, too, do go to events alone and they're also looking for people to talk to, but someone's got to start the conversation. And this is I coming from a shy introvert. If I could do it, you could do it. <laughs> And Courtney, I think we have to remind people of that. And I shared this with everyone at our in-person event in Miami. I am also pretty introverted, especially when it comes to events and being around a lot of people. Like I have no problem being on stage in front of a thousand people and giving a presentation and talking, but there's something about after that and then events and like having a lot of people there and having a lot of conversations. Like for me, I'm like, I've gotten so used to being at home and working from home, my home office, I would rather just hibernate here. But I also like after these events, I do have a great time and I love them. But I am, I don't know if I've always been this way or become this way, like a bit introverted. And I, whenever I share that with people, they're always surprised. Are people surprised, you know, if you share that with people, Court? People are always surprised to hear that I'm an introvert. And I know, you know, Stephanie and I have done a lot of personality testing over the years and your Steph is always says that you're not an introvert, that you're an extrovert. And when I first met you, you were definitely 
very, very extroverted. And I still would consider you to be extroverted. I'm an introverted extrovert. Yeah, whatever you are, you are definitely (laughs) an extrovert who gets shy in crowds. (laughs) But you are an extrovert through and through. I do. And I, I have to take my own advice and, and the advice that you just shared. And I'm actually going to do a press segment on this tomorrow because I want everyone to know, like, you are not alone. So many people feel this way. I feel like it's almost rare to meet people who just can go walk up into a crowd and go somewhere alone and, and be in front of a lot of people. But my advice I will share is if you are going to an event or you are going to a networking event, have a goal for that event. It doesn't always have to be to get business or to get new business, but have a goal. Why are you going there? Would success look like to you? I say this for everything. What would success look like to you in your business or from being at that event and set out to accomplish that goal? It could be to make two new connections or make two new friends or you're, you are looking to grow your business and you're looking for you know someone who's interested in your product. Set out those goals and then figure out when you're at that event, how can you accomplish them? And it could be ahead of time, you know, looking at the list of who's going to be there and who you want to find a way to get a chance to talk to or maybe someone can introduce you to someone. So take that time to pre-plan for the in-person events that you go to. So that's my advice there. A few other things I will share before we wrap up our end of year note and send everyone on their way into, is it going to be 2023? Is that the right year? Yep. That's the right year, 2023. So my learning, a big learning from this year, and I guess all of the years is everything that has to be executed in a business takes a lot longer than you think. So build in that buffer time and those additional resources. So if you think something is going to take a week, build in two weeks. Or if you think something can be executed in a month, build in two months to give yourself more time and really look at all of the resources that are needed to accomplish things. Because a lot of things can seem like a really great idea, and they are. We all have a lot of really great ideas. But then executing those really great ideas takes a lot of time, takes a lot of resources, and resources cost money. So the best thing you can do is planning. And that's what we're doing right now at the end of the year to go into next year. And then once you make that plan, do your best to follow the plan, but always plan that most things won't go according to plan, but at least you have a plan to follow and then you can pivot based on based on what's happening. So that is my advice and learnings from everything we've uh, been building and working on over the past year. Yes. And I may have shared this in one of our podcast recordings, but another good book to read is called Essentialism, which talks about how less is more. And they do talk about that buffer time. So if anyone wants another good book recommendation, I highly recommend Essentialism. And then just in terms of planning, something that I'm looking forward to doing, which is not something that we have typically done, is doing a lot of advanced planning. I mean, Stephanie and I, over the past 10 years, have done a lot of planning for the next 12 months. But on the entrepreneurista side, now that we have a kind of a new business model, entrepreneurista and a media company with events and different types of activations and and needing sponsorships does require a lot of advanced planning. So we will be planning out as best as we can the next two years, which I'm actually really excited to do. I am too. I feel like everything is better with a plan and putting action steps into place because it's 
definitely hard to do things with fewer resources. So if you can plan things out ahead of time and build out ahead of time the resources that you need, you can get them so you're not doing everything yourself. So I can't wait for these planning sessions. We encourage everyone to take some time to plan now at the end of the year. I do want to share a few upcoming things that you guys can all get involved in as well. So on December 31st, our applications will be closing for our Entreprenista 100. So if you would like to apply to win an Entreprenista 100 award, because we want to celebrate you, all the incredible things that you're doing in your business, definitely take a few moments to apply now before the end of the year. It is over at entreprenista.com forward slash 100 the number 100, entrepreneurs.com forward slash one zero zero. And it is a short application. And we are so excited to learn more about you and your business and everything you've accomplished. And we will be hosting an event, another big event in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida on March 4th of 2023, celebrating all of the Entreprenista 100 winners. But this will also be an event that is open to each of you, not just the winners. So come to network and connect and make meaningful, meaningful connections. I can tell you that so many of our best friends in life and in business have come from the women that we've met over the past 10 years through groups and organizations that we've been a part of. So when we created Entreprenista, we wanted to create this for each of you and give you all the opportunity to be able to build these lifelong business relationships and friendships. So definitely come on March Fourth to our event. And you can get more information also at our Entrepreneurista 100 website as well to get your ticket. And of course, if you're not already a member of our community or Entrepreneurista League community, you can join our community at entrepreneurista.com forward slash join. And we're just so excited to continue to get to know all of our members and give you all access to All of the resources that we have created over the years and the relationships that we have built, and we want to be able to continue to make meaningful introductions for each of you. So thank you for being part of the Entreprenista journey. We love getting to chat with you every single week and share all this information with each of you. Court, should we sign off for our final episode of 2022? Yes. Happy New Year, everyone. And I look forward to another year of learning. Absolutely. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Courtney. And this is the best business meeting we've ever had. Hey, thanks for listening and leaving us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate it. And we'd love to stay in touch with each of you. You can listen to all of our latest episodes at entreprenista.com and connect with us on Instagram at Entreprenistas. We'd also love to invite you to join the Entreprenista League, our private membership community for trailblazing women. You can head over to entreprenista.com forward slash the league. We'll see you there. Wishing you a productive week ahead.